Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Tate. We have a great show for you this week. First of all, sorry about the funky audio on these intros. I'm on the road and forgot my nice mics, but more about being on the road a little bit later. The main event is a successful magician teaching other magicians the secrets to his business success. Cameron Young is my guest. We discuss his course on learning to improve your business and a lot more. Nick Lacapo is tossed by the show to discuss the featured part of the week from Paul Curry. Before all of that, we kick things off with one of our quickfire segments where your favorite magicians have a think on the literature they would love to be lost at sea with. This week, David Rangel joins me for Desert Island Magic Books. David Rangel, thanks for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast for Desert Island Magic Books. Let's suppose you wash up on a desert island with one magic book, but it's made of Tyvek, so it's not going to fall apart in the wind and the rain and the sand. What is your Desert Island Magic Book? Encyclopedia of Card Magic. Ooh, that one hasn't come up before. That is a strange book, too, because it's just like a big old book of disconnected tricks. Yeah, and I, it was, I loved it because it was like, a paragraph. Yeah. Each trick was like it wasn't very long. It didn't go in a lot of detail. Yeah, so you kind of had to fill in the blanks. That is a great one. But there was. Take. But if I was at a desert island, yeah, hopefully I'd have some Tyvex playing cards. Oh as yeah. Well. No. So in the in the mythos of this island, there is a well stocked magic shop. There is even like a resort with food and restaurants and lay people to perform for. There's just no books. You just gotta bring your own book. <laughs> I'd still probably go with Encyclopedia Card Magic. It's, it's, just, a, it's a cool book. Yeah, it is a cool book, and it, it, it's it's great for inspiration, because mm-hmm. sometimes I'll read something in that book, and I'll go, that sounds weird, and I have to invent, yeah. like, well, what would make that cool? Yeah. There's a lot of cool stuff in there. Uh, is that is that um, Hugard and Browie contributed to that one, or is it yes. just Browie? Or just Hugard? I can't quite remember. This is embarrassing, because it's on my shelf, and it's, like, right next to the uh, expert card technique that I, I consult on a weekly basis for the live streams. But it's such a great book because you're right. It is really thin on the details. Yep. So you, you, you have, it is one of those rare books that uh, older books that forces you to add so much of yourself to it. Is there, yes, is there a particular trick in that book that you find yourself returning to over and over again? They have a really cool um, newspaper stab with a deck of cards. Oh Yes. I, I love that one. It's very sneaky. Yeah. It, it's a fooler. Uh, I really love that. Was one of the things I remember taking away from that book was that routine. Man, Encyclopedia of Card Tricks is a fantastic book that everyone should check out. David Rangel, thanks so much for joining us on Desert Island Magic Books. Thank you. Thanks to David Rangel for joining me on the show. Be sure to go back and give a listen to the interview I did with him and his son, Jacob. It's a great look inside the father-son dynamic of a performing team. Now, on to the main event. Cameron Young is a rising star in the UK. He's an incredibly busy performer who has put together not just a successful magic business, but a course that his students take to learn the real secrets of the business of magic. Cameron joined me for a, chat, for a chat via Zoom, and now you get to join our conversation. Cameron Young, thanks so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you because we met in Blackpool, where you had a booth on the business of magic, and you appeared to be selling just stuff from your childhood as well. It was it was a it was a really fun booth that you had. Yeah, it's it was very exciting considering I've been going to Blackpool every year since 2012, and that year was FISM. And I've been going every year, and for the first time I was working at Blackpool, and it was a completely different experience. Standing in the booth at Blackpool is completely mental because you're just you're you're just talking to thousands and thousands of people, and you were pretty well placed because you were up there near the uh, the the theater or one of the theaters, so you had people coming by all the time. Let's let's get to the the heart of the topic, though the business of magic, which is. 
tell me more about what you're doing here. Is this a service you're offering? Is this your, like, what, you, you seem to be doing pretty yeah. well. So let, let's, yeah. let's, let's, let's talk about it. So I'll go with the background story. Mm-hmm. I've only been doing magic as a profession, professional since 2018. And obviously we've had the pandemic, et cetera, in the middle. So we've all been hit hard. It doesn't matter if you're professional or non-professional. However, I realize there's one thing I'm pretty good at, and that's marketing and the business side of magic. Mm. My background before going into magic was always business, learning business, helping others' businesses grow. And then during lockdown, I ended up becoming head of marketing for a few companies across Scotland. I, for one of Scotland's leading companies and also for a small company that we managed to grow three times over the course of three years. So then I realized there was a bit of a gap in the market in the magic world, not because I'm in it to make a lot of money, because if I was, I'd be charging a lot more than I'm charging for my course. But I just realized that I was getting asked all of the time. Now, I've been lucky enough that every time I do my events, etc., I'm very, very busy. And I'm not doing that to brag. I just, I'm lucky enough to do that. I work hard, though. So when everyone else is maybe relaxing, I work 100 hours a week. I'm performing for maybe 10 hours, but 90 hours behind the scenes, whether it's on social media, whether it's uh, networking, whether it's becoming friends with new people, whether it's just trying to get my name in different areas. It's basically hustling. There's no such thing as luck, in my opinion. You have to work to get the luck. So I started realizing that, and there was a gap in the market because people kept on messaging me, how do you do this? How do you do that? How did you get this opportunity? And I said, well, instead of me messaging every single person individually, I'll make an entire training course on it. And I did. I made an entire training course on it. I know there is other courses out there, but this one is just dedicated to business only. It's all about how to grow as an entertainer, um, how to start landing more shows, how to book out theatres, how to do the Edinburgh Fringe, and much, much more. And since we've started, we're over 50 members already, um, which is good because we only launched at Blackpool this year. So I'm happy with that so far. And everyone seems to be enjoying it. So I'm, I'm, I'm over the moon. I'm over the moon. That's fantastic. You know, I know it, it, it feels like every time Nick LaCapo and I end up in some of these like magic theaters, one of the questions we get all the time is like, hey, how did you like, how can I get better at my career? And I'm so glad that there are more and more of these types of courses where people like you are sharing the hard won secrets uh, with other magicians because we're kind of in this like fun golden age of magic again where magic is cool magic is hip you know thanks to like america's got talent britain's got talent uh pen and teller fool us and some of the other like you know magic for humans like people have a deeper appreciation for magic these days and it feels like like it's it's uh, the it's the bet like one of the best times ever to be a professional magician yeah well i've been lucky enough to do a couple of these shows and it's definitely helped myself out and it's definitely well i mean it's put magic on the map and i think in the uk we've had obviously david blaine and we've also had then we had the dynamo and dynamo in the uk is like a class library everybody in the uk knows who dynamo is and that that definitely helps and every time you do an event it feels like especially in the uk there'll be somebody there that will mention dynamo's name yep exactly and it's put magic on the map and it's obviously helped us close up entertainers uh, the work I do in case anybody doesn't know who I am I yeah. I do weddings and corporates two two to three hundred every year minimum plus I do the Edinburgh Fringe plus I do my own theatre shows on 
two or three times a year. And then I've also travelled from Britain's Got Talent and Penn and Teller Fullers. But close-up is the one thing that I'm doing is like my reclasses are bread and butter. The thing that pays our bills, make sure that we're doing well. And honestly, I perform weekly and I must hear Dynamo's name. You will get Paul Daniels, David yeah. Blaine, all the other names. And then you'll find somebody that's maybe more into magic that got into magic and talked about penguin magic because they were they were a fan when they were growing up. And yeah. it's great. And it's you get to meet everybody. But it's good how magic is growing and it's I love it. I love the community, I love the spirit, and that's what I noticed at Blackpool, and I'm sure you guys noticed the same, is how good our community is. Oh yeah. Oh I mean the the community of magicians is so wonderful. Um now I don't wanna you know, I, I know you are charging for this course, um, but I, I do want to ask, like, wh- when people come and take your course, like, what do you find they're often surprised by when you are when you're sharing some of these secrets? Like, when they when like, what is like one of the light bulb moments that your your students have about the business of magic? So I think they get a light bulb moment. Well, first of all, I think they're surprised about how much I actually know and how much effort I've put into this. Sorry to interrupt, but this week the show is brought to you by Touch from Paul Curry. Nick Lacapo joined me via Zoom to discuss this amazing bit of card magic. Nick, uh, one of my favorite tricks that you have sort of presented in the last few years is a classic by Paul Curry. We're talking Touched. Mm, touch. <laughs> yeah, or Touched. by I was touched by Paul Curry once, uh, you know, just reading his book. But Oh, it, so this is this is from his seminal work, Worlds Beyond. And yeah, I know this uh, is one of the ones that you, like, pulled out of the book because you were going to do, like, a, a, a Paul Curry project? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not worth talking about the whole thing here, but we are in this crazy position here at Penguin where my emails look very different than other people's emails. I get an email, it's like, hey, we now... You know, we just bought uh, the rights to the Paul Curry book. Is there any tricks in there that we should do? You know, like, how cool is that? Yeah. So, uh, Touch was a trick in his book, Worlds Beyond. And if you have it at home, you can look up Touch. Um, it uses a gimmick deck. And the, when when you read it, uh, even if you wanted to put it together, and you can put it together, you'll realize that there was some certain things wrong with it. So I kind of redesigned it and came up with uh, with like a new routine. And so here's what happens. You, you, uh, you bring out a deck of cards and you take the jokers out and you make a prediction. You write on the joker. You don't show the spectator what you're writing down, but you write down that they're going to pick a card and you're writing down your prediction of what that card is on the face of the joker. And you leave that face down in full view the entire time. Then you spread the deck face up and the spectator can touch any card, hence the name of the trick. And whatever card they touch, you turn over the the joker that was face up on the table and it reads, let's say in this scenario, they touch the six of hearts. The joker reads, I know you'll, I know you pick the six of hearts. It's su- you will choose the six of hearts. It's such an incredible trick, and and not just because of that unbelievable ending, but the fact that they have a completely free choice of any one of the cards. Yeah, it is a completely free choice. Um, the method is like uh, it's just t- time tested at this point. Uh, a lot of what I added was just changing the particular gimmicks and a bit of the handling to make it uh, just flow a lot better and make a lot more sense. So. It's um, man. If if you need to predict a card with a hundred percent accuracy, like an any named card, this is a great great method to do it. And on the instructional video, 
I just really take like a deep dive into the plot in general. So there's a, there's methods for stand up. There's methods for like blank uh, blank card tricks and other things. Different color cards. The method's very flexible. So um, uh, I pretty much explored anything you could do with the plot, and it's all on that instructional video. Uh, it's a great project. Touched by Paul Curry. Check it out. That was Touch by Paul Curry, available at penguinmagic.com. As always, these spectacular listeners to our show receive 25% off the featured product of the week when they enter a special discount code at checkout. This week, that code is LACAPO. That's LACAPO, L-O-C-A-P-O, for 25% off Touch by Paul Curry. That code is only good for Touch and only good until the next episode of this show airs. Now, back to my conversation with Cameron Young. What is like one of the light bulb moments that your, your students have about the business of magic? So I think they get a light bulb moment. Well, first of all, I think they're surprised about how much I actually know and how much effort I've put into this. Um, we got a professional film crew in to do this. There is currently just under 200 videos already, and they range between two minutes long and half an hour. So you're talking, it's a lot of content. Yeah. It took me five, took me five days to upload the whole course. So it is, I've put so much work into this. And some of the gems are... Um, how simple it can be. Mm. That's one thing I've noticed. It's like a lot of it can actually be very not things that people overthink. Mm-hmm. And I just take a step back. And the one thing I think in my favorite part of the entire course is section number one. It's called the foundations. Mm-hmm. And the way I explain it is Lionel Messi, the footballer, mm-hmm. is the best in the world at the basics. He can pass, he can dribble, and he can shoot. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot, not just in the magic world, in every business I've ever worked in or every business that I've overseen or looked into, they forget about the basics and just think about their speciality. But when if they put the building blocks in place, for every building block you put in place, you're closer to creating your wall. Mm. And it's like if you have a snowball, you start with a small ball, the more you, every time you roll it, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. So if you do that in your business... And you start with the foundations and just every single day when I'm working, my goal is by the end of that working day is to add one more brick to my wall. And there'll be some days where you'll have to take three bricks off because what you think you're working on hasn't gone to plan. Yeah. But eventually, over the course of time, like for example, one thing that I found the most challenging when I started my business in magic was building the website and not having any photos of me performing. That's I didn't have any... How did you? Sorry, what was that? No, how did you get that? Because I mean, that's like that's something that I, I you know, I'm a FISM winner. I work for Penguin Magic, like arguably the largest you know retailer, and I'm on camera there all the time. And I still struggle to get great photos of myself performing. When you're just getting started, how did you get that? How did you get those photos? I found a friend who. So this is one story I actually haven't shared yet. So I'm going to share it with you. It's like a Penguin exclusive. Um, yes. I found a friend who was going through college who was doing anything for work. And now I didn't have the biggest cash flow at that point. And I mean, I don't always have the biggest cash flow ever. But when you have cash flow, it definitely helps. But at that point, I decided, you know what? I would like to invest in him. And not only that, I'm going to use a sales point for when someone books me for a wedding. Mm. I will only charge an extra whatever. And it ends up usually covering the photographer. Mm Mm-hmm. And not only that, I will bring my own personal photographer and you get a copy of all of the images. So that means you don't have to have a photographer going for the drinks reception. You only have to have a photographer working on the, the, the 
the bridal party, and that saves you getting a two photography team that would cost you an extra thousand dollars or a thousand pounds. I will do that for an extra hundred pounds. That's a killer. And they go amazing. Or you can walk around with a GoPro. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Either or works brilliant. I've done them both. And it gets to the stage where my newest one, and I've been testing it out, and I've now got a new residency, which Mm -hmm. I started a few weeks ago in Edinburgh. And I literally hand somebody my phone. So the person that helps me in my first effect, I hand them my phone and say, do you want to be my helper in the second effect? Can you record this? And I'll even airdrop it to you afterwards so you've got a copy. Oh, that's a great idea. And you've, you've probably structured the effect so that it looks really great on camera and, and you can pull stills out of it for, for great photos. That's such a great... Thanks for sharing that tip with, with our listeners. Speaking of Edinburgh, I wanted to shift topics a little bit because I know that you perform, you, you've mentioned a few times now that you performed at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, but I've heard rumors that you're, you're about to go back to the Fringe Festival with a new partner in your show and yeah. uh, someone who people might have known, uh, known about, some of our listeners. You're doing a show with Moxie Gillette? Yeah. So, it's called Young and Moxie. How did that come about? And what is the show? <laughs> So let me take you back to 2018. Just before I was going to go full-time professional magician, I won an award, which was great, in Edinburgh for magic. And it went in the newspapers. I got a phone call out of the blue from somebody local to me that used to work in a performing arts center in New York. They offered me a job for two or three months, becoming the head of magic, teaching magic to, I would say, privileged children mm-hmm. at the time privileged children and they ranged it was like school years there was like anyone from eight years old all the way up to 16 years old so i went that year in 2018 not knowing what i was going into and i was head of magic now i was really proud that that was the busiest magic ever done in history by six times we had six times more magic students because on day one There's obviously, there's lots of different arts. There's drama, theater, there's art, there's music, there's so much. And they get to choose, say, five different subjects. There's circus, there's, honestly, this was amazing. Mm -hmm. And magic out of one, so they would come in three-week segments. There was three times three-week segments. Mm -hmm. So children would come for three weeks, then leave. Then go for, and there'll be more children would come for another three weeks. And the children were also allowed to do six weeks if they wanted to. Wow. So when they were there for their three weeks, on the first three weeks it was great, but on the second three weeks, on average, there would be 50 children looking to perform magic. We had over 200. After I performed a magic trick, they all signed up. It was amazing. I was actually quite proud of that. I've never worked so hard in my life to make sure all 200 kids was learning magic. Yeah. But one of the children that came on that second week, or the second session, was Moxie Gillette. Oh, wow. She's now, she'll be 18 for the Edinburgh Fringe, but I became our magic coach, showing her magic, and Moxie went on stage, and unfortunately her mum couldn't make the big show that we put on at the end of the three weeks. We put on a big show, magic, mm-hmm. drama, theatre, musicals. So I opened up the theatre again, it's a small outside theatre, and Emily, who's Moxie's mum, watched the show, and next thing you know, I get handed her phone. And Penn is on FaceTime. Wow. And I was like, oh, uh, and yeah, it's that's... the first time in my life I think I've been like, I don't know what to say. Yeah, that's got to be an intense so, moment. 
Then I was lucky enough to go to Vegas and spend a lot of time with them over the last few Thanksgivings, apart from lockdown. Um, saw a lot of shows with the family, became friends with Emily and obviously Moxie, and I've known them for the last five, six years. Mm-hmm. And then this year I was doing Edinburgh. Now, last year I done Edinburgh, we near enough sold out. It was fantastic. I had my own show. And this year I was over in Vegas. Well, last year I was over in Vegas and I mentioned I'm going to do the Fringe next year. Moxie was like, I've always wanted to do the Fringe. I went, well, let's do it. And then Young and Moxie was born. And it's looking like it's going to be awesome. And not only that, I'll give another Magicians exclusive. Yeah. We are doing, well, it has been said one more thing. It's been said one more place, but only one more place. It's, um, we've been given the rights to do Penn and Teller's Cups and Balls. Oh, that's uh, that's huge news and a huge honor. To, I mean, because that thing is like, that is arguably a piece of magic history. Um, being able to do, you know, being given permission to do Penn and Teller's Cups and Balls with Penn Gillette's daughter is, man, that audience does not know what they're in for. Are you changing it at all or are you doing it as an homage piece to them? Pretty much as an homage piece. Um, we might add our slight banter um the way we'll do it is i will have my mouth taped mm-hmm. and taped shut for the next routine um however that will be uh so that'll be for like as if i'm teller i can't speak yeah, yeah. and pen um, will be moxie and mm-hmm. moxie will do all the speaking that pen would do and the good thing is we've got a few rehearsal spots booked because obviously it's quite hard to do overseas yeah a lot of late nights for myself while we're doing rehearsals at the moment mm-hmm. but it is a privilege that, oh, it's just insane. It's just ridiculous. It's It just shows what networking can do, but yeah. also what friends can be like, because if anything, they're my friends. That's the way I see it now. And and they're amazing people. And I've seen their show over in Vegas several times, Penn and Teller, and yeah. the arguably one of the, if not the best magic show in the world. And yeah, I love it. That's incredible, Cameron. Well, congratulations. Good luck on the show, and that's uh, it's amazing that you get to do that. We're about out of time, but before we go, uh, where can people find out more about the business of magic if they want to take your course, and uh, and so, where can they find out ticketing information for if they happen to be passing through Edinburgh to see the Edinburgh Fridge to see you and Moxie's show? So the business of magic.co.uk. You can find that. So that's .co.uk. Just because I know that's more of a UK thing. Yep. Um, but the businessofmagic.co.uk, um, you might be able to find it at thebusinessofmagic.com, just in case by that point, by the time you're listening to this. We'll, and we'll also make sure to put a all, link in the description below for, to, to send people to the .co.uk address. Amazing, thank you. And then for Young and Moxie, literally just type in Young and Moxie, and Moxie is spelled like M-O-X-I-E, and it is using an ampersand, the Penn and Teller ampersand. Ooh. It's uh, it's it, it, exciting stuff. I uh, I hope I get to see video of this show, or maybe I'll be able to get over to Edinburgh Fringe to to see it uh, myself. I, Cameron, it was so great to meet you in Blackpool, and we're definitely going to have you back on the show to hear more uh, about your adventures and uh, and find out how things went at the Fringe Festival. Uh, thanks so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast. 
Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. That's going to do it for this week, kids. Thanks so much to Cameron for being on the show, and thanks to you for listening. Quick shout-out to everyone who came to the Prestige Theater to see me last week. Getting to debut the Gramophone in San Diego was so much fun. The only thing I find tragic is that I couldn't share that magic with more of you. This week, I'm at Mystique Dining in La Jolla, California. There's still a few tickets left, so be sure to come by, say hello, and talk magic with me. As always, we're a weekly podcast, so be sure to like and subscribe as well as share your favorite episodes on the social media platform your friends are issuing you secret word sneaks on. If you wanted to reach out to me about anything on this week's show, you're going to have to send me a secret magic with an NFC chip. Yo, I discovered something insane in one of my favorite magic apps this week, and I'm so totally stuck to play, start playing with this. But if blending the latest tech into your magic isn't your cup of tea, you can always hit me up on Instagram at Eric Tate. That's at E-R-I-K-T-A-I-T. From me and everyone else here at the P3 Magic Studios, practice, practice, perform. 